Hello again, everyone, and welcome to My Back 40 and the My Back 40 podcast. I'm your host, Steve O'Shaughnessy. Well, I hope you had a great weekend. What did you guys get up to? Riding bikes, I hope. Uh, I got out for a couple rips. Super fun. Trails are dry, drying up really fast. Um, parking lots are kind of a little bit more full than I anticipated. Um, yeah, I, I get the sense that um, people are over it. People are kind of done with the... Uh, stay at home, social distancing thing. I'm not going to go on about it, but um, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. Uh, you know, we're, we're a social species and we need to get out and be with one another. And uh, yeah, it's the fullest I've, I've seen the parking lots at this particular riding area. Uh, well, all year, but uh, generally Invermere is kind of swimming with people right now because trails are open pretty early here generally. And uh, we have a, we have a great, nice long riding season. So a lot of people come from all over the place to ride the trails here because uh, they're the first to dry up and get awesome. Um, yeah, just kind of an observation. Those of you who were riding in the Invermere area may have received uh, a MyBack 40 decal on your uh, windshield, underneath, underneath your windshield wiper. Shameless self-promotion. Um, I actually did get a thank you from somebody via Facebook Messenger for that decal, and uh, that was pretty awesome. Thanks, Andrew McLeod, for the thanks, and uh, enjoy that sticker. I hope you find a good place for it. And uh, something else I'm super excited about is I got my first order of T-shirts in. So if you want a T-shirt, reach out. Um, the best way to get one is to support the MyBack40 podcast. And you can do that by heading on over to myback40.org slash support. You can check out some of the support options there. I have a Patreon account set up. I also have uh, a PayPal account set up where you can make one-time uh, gift donations or um, subscribe. If you have a PayPal account, I believe you can get on a, a monthly uh, subscription. Um, right now it's all available for free. Um, your donations just help support me and my project and going forward. And I just want to keep bringing you weekly conversations and, uh, any help that you can provide would be much appreciated. And I wanted to report too, that I did receive my first patron. So I'm pretty stoked about that as well. I'm, I'm glad that the content's being received well, and you guys find some value in it. And I continue to, uh, I hope to continue to do that and bring you some awesome chats in the future. Speaking of the future, I had a, a conversation with author Katrina Rosen this morning. I'm going to put that out in a couple of weeks. I'm pretty, pretty pumped about that. And I also have a chat lined up with Tyler Hamilton about his organization, MS Global. MS Global is an annual seven-day charitable bicycle tour produced and hosted by former professional cyclist Tyler Hamilton. Its mission is to fight MS by supporting organizations that make a difference for people living with this disease. So I'm pretty pumped to talk to Tyler again. I think this will be the third time that we've connected for a chat. Really awesome dude, and I can't wait to talk to him again. I also wanted to remind you of Cycling 101's promotion. If you need a consultation or a bike fit, you can reach out to Cycling 101 and use the discount code 101VIP20 to save 20% off those services. Cycling 101 has been a supporter of the My Back 40 podcast from its inception, and I wanted to thank Ryan Draper for supporting the podcast. Um, you know, every little bit helps. And, uh, you know, what I like about this project is I'm trying to support other little startup projects projects as well, like uh, Prairie Velo. Um, I know Spandex Panda isn't a startup, but Spandex Panda. Um, I like working with uh, small brands to promote. Uh, I think we can just help each other grow. And so I want to thank anyone who's who's reached out for support and has also reached out with voice memos and uh, feedback and guest suggestions. 
I love it all. It's uh, I want to con- connect everyone in this community, and uh, and uh, I really appreciate everyone's. Um, I really appreciate everyone listening. So I just want to say thanks. I also want to thank Rebound Cycle for supporting me. By supporting me, you're supporting the My Bike Forty podcast, and I really appreciate it. So thanks. If you want to reach out to me, you can. You can send an email to myback40podcast at gmail.com. You can send feedback, guest suggestions, and voice memos, and I'll include those on the show. So, um, yeah, I'd love hearing from you guys, so don't be afraid. Drop me a line. Today on the My Back 40 podcast, I bring you Trish Holt. I met Trish. Um, we spent a little bit more time. I met her a couple of summits ago, but um, on this most recent summit, uh, 2019 bike pack Canada summit in Camworth. got to hang out a little bit more, hung out with her and her, and her man, Mike, um, super cool couple, all about the bikes, really good vibe, really well-traveled. Um, just a super, uh, down earth couple, Trish, uh, really enjoyed chatting with her. It was fun listening to her, share her stories. You know, we shared some of our stories from the past and, and uh, she's been on some really, really cool adventures in uh, Iceland, Haida Gwaii. She's raced the BC Epic. She's ridden in the Chilcotins. She's, uh, she's been all over the place on a bike. And uh, it was really fun to hear her stories. And I wanted to also share that uh, the beginning is a little weird because uh, I think it was the day before we had uh, begun our chat and the flow was going great. And I looked down at my, uh, my audio interface. Uh, I basically, I, I record onto uh, a Zoom audio recorder. And the card was full. I was like, fuck. So we ended up losing about a half an hour. I, I uh, kind of asked her to wait a little bit. I was going to try to figure it out. And I brain farted and I completely deleted our conversation. We weren't too far into it, but we had a really good flow. So um, yeah, you know, doing podcasts is kind of weird. And y'all learn, um, you know, reflecting back. I remember hearing a ritual podcast and he did an entire conversation, like a two hour conversation. He forgot to hit record. So I don't feel too, too badly about it. People make mistakes. Um, I just feel bad because when people graciously give their time to you and then you brain fart it like that, I just felt horrible. So anyway, I just wanted to kind of preface with that, uh, shit happens, but we reconnected. We had a great chat and I'm going to shut up now. Without further delay, I bring you Trish Holt. Hello again. Good morning. <laughs> I was wrecked yesterday from that. Oh, I, you know, that's too bad. Oh, that's just, too bad. Yeah, it bummed me out because we had good flow going. and Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I've got 25 hours on the card, so we can take as much oh, time good. as we need today. We're rolling. <laughs> How was the rest of your day yesterday? Uh, it was good, actually. I got uh, uh, out to ride on the Blizzard course, which is uh, we have a race coming up. Oh, Our nice. local bike club has a race coming up on March 1st. So I was able to get out. I'm just going to turn this up a bit on my end. Um, yeah, so I contacted my coach, which was pretty easy. Quick little text message and said, I don't want to ride inside. It's too nice. So I got out there and played, and it took me 40 minutes to do one lap. And the race, I have six laps to do. So this is. <laughs> oh, nice. So it's uh, is it a timed, uh, like an, a six-hour race or an eight-hour race or something? Or Well, no, actually, it's a three-hour race. I should be doing those lap times in uh, less than 30 minutes. But uh, the, the course isn't quite tracked yet. So it was, it was a bit of a struggle, uh, a lot of uh, getting off the bike. Um, the, the track was probably about 10 inches wide. 
So we really need to get out there and do some work and get out there and snowshoe and uh, get that track set for was, the race. I was talking to Ryan Draper about uh, about racing, and he says one of the key things, especially for winter racing, is to be able to to have the fitness to be able to get on and off the bike a lot. Oh, 100%. you know what I mean? It's so hundred percent. It's yeah. so draining. It's like it's like yeah. I was gonna when we talked yesterday. I was I was gonna say the same thing about cyclocross, right? Because it's like you're running in the red and then you got to get off and jump over a bunch of stuff or run up a hill or it's, yeah. it's uh it's a different level of fitness, I think for that. Yeah. What's yeah, the, what's, what, the, what's the race called? Uh, this is the blizzard fat bike. The, the race. blizzard fat bike. Cool. And, and, and the big coveted prizes are uh blizzard ice cream treat treats from Dairy Queen. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It's nothing too serious. It's not, uh, you know, uh, the race isn't, uh, isn't sanctioned by the ABA, the Alberta Bike Association. So it's it's just a fun race. Like we have a fire barrier. Um, it's yeah, it's it's just fun. That's awesome. There should be more of that. Like uh... oh yeah, yeah. And that's you know essentially that's why I'm racing cyclocross because it's just fun. Yeah. For me, I mean, there are the serious racers, and I respect that. But um, it kind of falls off. Uh, kind of rounds out the biking season because i'm gone normally in september for bikepacking right or touring or whatever right yeah so uh i'm trying to think of how we started the comp for for people who who are listening um we started recording yesterday saturday morning and and i uh i brain farted and i lost our conversation only about 30 minutes worth and i'm trying to think about who had such a good flow going i'm trying to think of how we got back on that so um, let's get to know each other again. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so tell us, uh, wh- where do you live right now? I live in Devon, Alberta. And then you, did you just open an accounting practice? I opened my accounting practice in 2014. 14. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So it's, yeah, it's, it's grown quite a bit. I have three people working for me now. Uh, it started out with, a with one, me at the kitchen table. Yeah. Um, so yeah, a higher local and, uh, you know, we are, yeah. That's awesome. A great little, great little group of people. Yeah. And so we, f- we first met, I think we met in, um, probably 2018 briefly, yes. but I think we chatted yeah. a lot more in 2019. We hung out a lot yeah. more together, you and you yeah. and Mike and I, and, and, uh, what did you think of the summit? Oh, it was great. Super yeah, fun. it was, yeah, it is. It's, uh, you know, it's an opportunity to make some connections with people that are um, like-minded and uh, some newbies in the crowd. Um, yeah, it was, you know, just checking out gear, the overnighter. I was I was really stoked to be able to take part yeah. of that in 2019 because I did miss it in 2018. Yeah, the overnighter is super fun. I pushed that pretty hard. Yeah. I think I think that sets the tone. I think the more people that can go, um, yes. and, and do the overnighter, it kind of sets the tone for the weekend because then you kind of, kind of know the people a lot better and it, it's, it kind oh, of absolutely. tightens the group a little bit better. And, yeah. and, uh, yeah, I love the summit. I, uh, I can't wait. I can't wait for the next one. That's like the, the regular pilgrimage for me to, to head out to the summit for a few days. That's it's so that's fun. Crazy. Cause you rode out there. <clears throat> well, it's not really, it's not that far. It's, uh, oh, okay. it's 185 K okay. on the road, decent. on the highway, which, uh, I could I could go south and then kind of head over to Coleman and maybe come up that way, or maybe do some of the tour divide stuff. But I generally don't have that much time, so right. I just hop on the pavement. And you know what? It was very enjoyable last time. the 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 first time I did it, it was like wow, it's pretty tough. It's pretty far. And then right. uh, and now I know what to expect. It's just like anything. Like you do your first bike packing race, 
And then now your expectations are set. And then you can kind of start saying, okay, how far is it? And how far is it between resupply? And you can kind the of me- The it. mental block of trying to do 170 <laughs> kilometers in a day is just not there. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's huge. You, you get through it. It's a yeah. huge advantage. I think that's the biggest, I think, fear to overcome for people who are getting into bikepacking. Did you have that fear? Like you did the Epic in uh, 18, right? 2018? Is no, 2019. 19? Yes, 2018. Uh, I broke my ankle in March of 2018. Oh, okay. So it was a little bit to get back onto the oh, bike. Yeah. Um, but I was able to get in South Chicotan and uh, I did a lot of uh, southern uh, BC on the island uh, doing the Trans Canada Trail. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and you, you're no, you're no stranger to uh, touring. So, you, um, when did you start your touring thing? Like, what was your first bike and tour setup? Um, I- <laughs> I had a Norco, I had a brand new Norco Threshold Cross bike. Um, well, it's it's, a, it's more of a, um, you know, take it anywhere type of a bike, pavement, you know, soft trails or light trails, I guess. Uh, yeah, so I just picked up a couple of bags, strapped my um, sleeping bag to my front handlebars and uh, decided I wanted to go, I don't know why, Salt Spring Island just appealed to me. So I got a finished tax season and said, I'm going to Salt Spring Island. I have no idea what's there, but I'm going. Yeah, putts so around. I took yeah, so I took off to met my son in Kelowna, and uh, he drove me up to do the KVR. Uh, so I took the KVR and went and stayed overnight in Naramata, and then did the climb out of Naramata and uh, rode back. And uh, then I got in my car and took off to Tawasin and got on my bike and went over to Salt Spring Island. Was that just a shakedown up to uh, was- through Naramata? Was that a shakedown ride for you? It was. It was just something that I just, I don't know, there was just something I just wanted to do. I just needed to get out, and I was all by myself just to try it. Had no idea what I was doing. Absolutely zero. Um, and you slept, did, did you sleep at Shoot Lake? Uh, no, not that night. Um, I stayed at Naramata. Oh, at Naramata. Oh, and like yeah, a B&B I, or something? Yeah, I did. That was my first visit to Shoot Lake, though. Oh, okay. I, d- I did go there. Um, I believe uh, the Epic in 2019, it was new ownership. Okay. Um, but it was just a quaint little, lovely little place. Um, That's a yeah, beautiful so spot. That was, yeah, it is gorgeous. Yeah. But it was, you know, um, just being, it was just my first uh, real experience with just being alone mm. and uh, on, on a trail, which was, uh, it was comforting. It was a little, you know, you, you, you wonder why, for me, I was wondering why people are driving down this road, you know, like, there's nothing here. Where are they going? <laughs> So, you you know, you fabricate all these funky ideas in your brain. And uh, so that was really essentially the first time I was alone riding. Did you have any, uh, any fears when you first went out? Like that first, the first ride? Because you're, you're pretty active anyway. Were you pretty active? Before oh that? yeah, yeah. Um, relatively <laughs> running, doing a lot of running. Um, not terribly active on my bike. I don't know why. It was just a calling. I just mm. needed to get out and just try something different. I was going through a lot of changes in my life at that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. think you had mentioned yesterday you would just gone through divorce and I did, and then I, six months prior to that, my father passed away. Oh, so, sorry to hear that. and then you know, a month prior to my father passing away, I opened up an accounting firm. So by the time I had gotten through taxis, and I was just like, okay. I need away from people and yeah. I need away from things. And I just needed to recollect who I was personally. It's, it it's, inter- it's interesting. I think life is the biggest endurance race of all, right? <laughs> oh, 
gosh. Like, imagine that. I mean, it's it's mm-hmm. to ride a bike a thousand kilometers across a province is way easier than coping with a new business and the death right. of a family member and a divorce. Yeah. And it's like, oh my goodness. So that yeah. that you probably had pretty good mindset. I would imagine you you clear, well, clear you know, the mind before you started. You're, you're kind of like, okay, world, what else can you throw at me? Yeah. Like, <laughs> and, so and, I just, and it will. I just took off. Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. there's no I just stopping. Took off. Um, was I was was there any fear? I didn't really feel fear. No. I just um, no. I uh, I don't think I carry a fear mindset, which could possibly be not a great <laughs> thing, but it actually. I just don't think of things that way. Mm. I just go, okay, that didn't work. Now what? Right. Right. I was afraid, man. There's, there's, yeah. A, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm scared. I, I think it's uh, not like, not like cower under a tree scared, but you know, your, your spidey senses kick in and you kind of get, oh, you get spooked 100%. out by stuff. And, and you know, especially when you're tired and your, your brain is just making shit up. Right. See, <laughs> I, 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 I don't normally ride at night. So, you know, I guess maybe I can't say I don't have a fear mindset because um, just even being down in the trails here, if I ride home at night, um, which I can, it's a 6K, nice little punchy up and down ride in the trails if I wanted to come home that way. Um, so you're down in the river valley by yourself and you hear a little, you know, um, usually on a fat bike, all you can hear is the crunching of the snow under yeah. your tire. So it drowns out everything else. But if I'm walking down there, I usually have some sticks and I'm banging together or singing to myself. Singing. Yeah. <laughs> singing works really well. Yeah. I sing a lot. I, I remember riding up to shoot Lake on the Epic and, and, uh, I stopped at Naramata and it was just sun, like sun, the sun was just setting. So oh, you, you could see, you could God. see the lake and you could see the vineyards off in the distance. And, yeah. and I kind of like, you know, mm-hmm. had some, had some supplements and then started climbing up to shoot Lake. And I was, I remember feeling pretty good and just sing, I think I was singing reggae, I had reggae on, on Spotify yeah. and I'd be singing whatever words I could figure out and or what I could remember. And then I would look down, there'd be a bivy kind of, <laughs> and I don't ride with a very bright light. So oftentimes I wouldn't see them until they were like, you know, 15 feet away. And right. there'd this, this bivy in the woods. Oh, sorry. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Shining my light right at you. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right yeah. through their, right through their bivy. But yeah, it's uh, I love riding at night. I think I do it so much. It's just, yeah, I, I don't, yeah. Uh, it's not a thing for me. That's something I'm going to work on because when I do, I plan to do the BT 700 this year. Yeah. And uh, it was funny because I spoke with Dean Anderson. I said, oh, I just, you know, I I just need to get faster. Like, I just, I wish I was just a little faster on my bike. Um, My bike weighs fully loaded about 51 pounds, 52 pounds. So it's got some weight. Like That's That's food and water? That is food and water. That's yes. pretty good. That's not too, yeah. Too bad. And bare bones is thirty one pounds. Right. So you know I'm carrying twenty plus pounds of gear and such, and I'm trying to get that down. Yeah. Um. But uh, Dean said, just you have to ride longer. Like, yeah. Your days have to be longer, and uh, he said, don't worry about getting faster. Just have longer days. Yeah. So I'm going to work on that. I'm going to plan to. I you know I won't be riding with anybody this uh this go around um so you're, you're more in control of yeah. your own day and uh, i plan to ride longer at night i think it's uh 
you look back at, at your previous attempts and you think, man, oh, I stopped there for so long. Why did I stop there for so long? Or, Brutal. you know, like we talked yesterday about the uh, undercarriage problems that we both had on the Epic and, right. you know, that sets, that's ours, right? That sets you back. Like I think of yeah. the times that I, that I would ride and just be like, God damn it, I got to stop and I got to deal with that. Right. You're standing the trail with your shorts down and you're, you're looking around, <laughs> making sure no one's coming and you're kind of... Got your camera or your, uh, not your camera, but your, uh, I have a little mirror because I have contacts. Oh, yeah. So I have my little mirror out and I'm trying to organize it. But when you're upside down, you don't know. Well, yeah, you put your oh, camera out man. on selfie mode. That's my mirror. Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah. good God, <laughs> turn that thing off. <clears throat> yeah. So it's, it's that, like, I think, I think I could have, oh man, I bet I could have saved I could think I could have saved at least like eight hours, I think. And, uh, yeah. and, and I didn't sleep much at all on the Epic. And I just think of all the wasted time or, or you get comfortable. Like you, I stopped in Nelson and, you know, I'm just sticking around and like, I just, you, you got to stay on it. I think that's, yep. and I don't think the average speed, the difference between the average speed of say someone who's kind of mid pack to, to an elite, it's not a huge difference, like right. two, two or three kilometers per hour, say, but it's yeah, just riding the longer just, days. Yeah, like they just stay in the saddle for like 300K or whatever. Right, right. Something I started to adopt was uh, after talking to Sofiane uh, in the summer during, uh, when he was on the Tour Divide, was okay. he would budget himself five minutes per hour of, of stop time. So like if, yeah, if you rode, you know, six hours, then right. you could take a 30 minute break if, you know, you could right. give, that, give that to yourself if you needed that. And I've kind of been thinking about that a lot. Like, you know, that's yeah. five minutes per just, hour. That's fair. Because I could probably... It's a strategy, yeah. yeah. Just to get off the bike, stretch the legs. Yeah, just have a hard have budget on that eat. stuff. Yeah. Right. So you went to... You, you toured around Naramata, right? You and Mike went to Naramata? Uh, no, 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 sorry. Not not Naramata. Um, you did some beach riding out on the island. Oh, Haida Gwaii. Haida Gwaii. Yeah, yeah. Haida Gwaii. Yeah, yeah, you guys went to Haida Gwaii. That must have been that incredible. Was past, that was this past September. That was amazing. That was amazing. Um, yeah, we took the we took the ferry ride. Uh, yeah, that was that was really cool because we did the whole East Beach, right up to uh, Rosebud. Okay. And then um, so that was quite something because I was on I was on my fat bike. I had uh, plus tires. Uh, didn't have my fat bike tires, but Mike was on his surly long haul trucker, which had the the skinny little tires. Um, so we ended up switching the bike uh, quite a few times because it was a bit of a challenge because you get these spines coming up up this up the the beach of uh, this very shaly type of a rock, and you almost have to ride at an angle to um to be able to ride the beach right like riding uphill as you're kind of yeah, to keep yourself from exactly. going down into yes, the ocean yeah yeah yes, vectoring you're yes, vectoring yeah <laughs> yeah so that was you know uh, uh so i would switch over and ride his bike and you know you're you're kind of like dun, 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 dun. you know you're upright on this bike yeah. he's got the crazy bars and um yeah so that was quite interesting because i had learned uh about the high tide mark watching out where the high tide mark was yeah so um, uh, there are some stretches where the high tide mark went up the cliff. So you're uh -huh. on the beach. You need to make sure that you uh, pay attention to that because you want, because we, you know, we were on the beach for three and a half days Yeah, on That's that so east cool. beach. It was amazing. Oh my gosh, that place is beautiful. So no, beautiful. no roads at all? You're just beach riding? 
So uh, we the beach riding was right up the East Beach, and then we went to Rose Spit, and then uh, and then you take the North Beach, which is where all the pictures are taken. I mean, right. when they say you ride the beach, it would be the North Beach, but it would be sort of two. There's a two thirds stretch that's really good, but when you come off a of Rose Spit, um, there's a section there that you cannot ride, so you are forced to basically six kilometers of pure thick deep sand it oh, was yeah. horrible um but then yeah so then you get uh off of the north beach and then you're on pavement but there's very few people on the island and uh to cycle the pavement was just as breathtaking as riding the beach it was it was a magical place why did you get why did you guys decide to go there how did that all evolve? Um, just on a whim you know, we like he's he's a fun partner to have because he likes the he likes the adventure. You know, we call it adventure deficit syndrome. You kind of <laughs> have to get. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good yeah. Kind of ADD. Yeah, oh, I always funny. tell him that you have a, de- a t- adventure deficit syndrome. So we bought. Um, well, I, I had bought a Westie, and then he came into that uh, partnership. Um, so we just load up our Westie and uh, take off to wherever wherever the dot is on the map that's awesome so three days how what's the distance of that it was 100 kilometers of beach um the last it was this is a funny story and i i didn't share it at my my backpack bikepacking presentation i did the other day but um so we get we had very little to eat on the last day i had some oatmeal a little bit of chocolate uh, we did not realize how grueling that last day was going to be. Um, so we finally get on the pavement. We have no food. Um, we ride into Masset, and uh, the only place that was open was a pub. So um, I park my bike. You know, I'm just starved. So all I think, all I'm thinking about is food. So I park my bike in behind the kitchen, and uh, I had my bear spray on. So I thought, well, you know, I wasn't really thinking right. So I thought, well, I, I don't really want to take my bear spray into the pub. So I took it off and I put it into my handlebar bag. But as I shoved it into oh, my no. handlebar bag, it deployed. Oh, no. So it was just like a quick, and I threw it down on the ground. Well, not even seconds later, this girl, the, the door to the kitchen was open. <gasps> yeah. And the girl comes running out, and she's gagging, oh, and no. she's throwing up in the in, oh, the, no. in the in the back parking lot. And I went, "Well, that's kind of weird. I wonder what's wrong with her." And then all of a sudden, I heard people choking and oh, coughing. Well, the bear spray went up into the ventilation system, like sucked into the restaurant, sucked into the oh, restaurant. No. And then all of a sudden, everybody in the restaurant is coming out, and they're coughing and they're gagging, and it was it was unbelievable how and then they voted you off the island (laughs) so so there was a lady and and they had her in a chair she was an older woman and i went up to her and i apologized i said i am so sorry like this is my fault and she looked at me and she said it's your fault i thought it was his fault and she pointed at mike and here she just assumed it was it was his (laughs) fault that did it so they ended up having to call an ambulance for her and um I felt horrible, but this other lady who was standing there was her, the older lady's friend, and she said, oh, it's okay, honey. Nothing exciting ever happens around <laughs> here. And then everybody just went on to doing business as normal. 
Wow. It was like, it was no big deal. It was amazing. It's amazing. But how It was horrible what I did. Um, so you didn't get affected by it at all because it all got sucked into the restaurant? Or well, got... it actually, it did because uh, it did spray inside the bag. Um, I did get it on my socks because I threw it uh. away very, it was very quick that, you know, I threw it. Uh, it actually went under a car oh, no. <laughs> um, and then I had to retrieve it. But I did get it on my socks. I did get it in my gear. It was a little bit... Uh, it was nothing terrible. Um, you know, I did have a little bit of a breathing um, uh, issue, but uh, nothing nearly as bad as the people in the restaurant. Oh my gosh! I had a yeah. I had an, a big a big old expired can, and we right. we were moving house to this house that we bought a couple of years ago, and <clears throat> I um I took it outside. And I was like, oh, it's expired. It's like, oh, I wonder if it if it still works. And I went out just behind the house and I, I sprayed it at the ground and literally like, like years went off, just like, just like a yeah. quick little burst. And for days after every time I left my shop and went out that little back door, it'd be like, you'd feel it. Choking. <clears throat> yeah. You get it in the back of your throat. It's yeah. crazy. And then yeah. uh, another story up on one of our trails here along the Johnson uh, by Lake Lillian. I don't know if it's still there actually, but there's uh, there's been this Jersey on a stump and it's been on this stump for, for for years like a handful of years and uh, i was like oh i want jersey stump everyone calls it jersey stump or whatever and and i i I remember talking to someone about it and my buddy i think it was my buddy adrian he's like oh yeah that's that's my jersey he's like well what happened i was ripping through this trail it's kind of narrow and twisty and then uh something a branch caught the safety on his bear spray pulled the safety and deployed it on his back and so it went off on his back and oh it, same gosh. thing. He just had to drop the bike and like rip all his clothes off. Oh, and yeah, he just left. The, oh yeah. Like I've, I've never gotten any on my skin, but I'm sure it would be horrible. Horrible. Burns. Yeah. Oh, bear yeah. spray. Did you have any encounters out there on the island? No, no. no. Salmon, and salmon you know, cows? actually, um, we had spoke with uh, a few locals, and uh, they were quite surprised that we hadn't seen mm. any bears. And I guess the the thing you have to watch out for on the island is the wild cattle. 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 That's, oh yeah. Uh, so we did. You know, we would we would uh, put our bikes down. We were looking for water. Um, the water is. Uh, uh, tainted uh, it's brown it's, it has tannins in it that uh you're basically drinking water that looks like iced tea oh interesting and yeah if you can get your head wrapped or you know over that and uh, you find a fresh water source it's uh going to look like iced tea is that mineralization <laughs> that is that like a high, it is. high it's, iron it's just, it's just tannins coming out of the ground um, but the water was clear. I, we had I had no issues, uh, stomach issues from drinking the water. Um, that, but you know, you have to be uh, aware that there are wild animals and wild cows, and uh, wild cows. so you have to you have to know where your water source is. Um, uh, so yeah, so the wild cows, because uh, people said uh, locals, you know, you get off the beach and then people are, start telling you these stories, and you think, wow, I'm ever glad I didn't know that while I was on the beach. Um, but it, it's quite interesting because there's still a lot of, uh, you, you, you see a lot of uh, um, debris from the tsunami. Oh, which yeah. Which is interesting because it, it would, would have come around that island through the current to end up on the East Beach. So you saw a lot of, uh, a lot of debris with, uh, with Japanese. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah, words on it. Wow, that's crazy. We, you know, I, every time we go, uh, Chris's family is my wife's family's on the island, so we go to the island every year. Oh. I freaking love the island. I just love yeah. Vancouver Island. But um, yeah, 
I've I've only done a bunch of trail riding there, but I wouldn't mind doing the, you know, the Island Divide. I wouldn't mind doing that um, Cape Scott to Victoria. Right. There's a ride right down the middle. And I think right. if some of that goes on the um, uh, the Trans Canada Trail. I think starts yes. over there. So yeah. I've, I've I've done some of that. It's just it that that is if you want to take somebody and and introduce them into mm. bikepacking, that's a beautiful area to do it yeah. because it's it's forgiving. It's uh, not as intense. Um, the South Chilcotin up into the back country, that was quite intense. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Where did you start that? Uh, like at, a- I believe at uh, the uh, South Chilcotin Provincial Park. Like, um, I can't remember the lake it was called. We came in quite late at night and just set off the next morning. It was, uh, it was a bike pack. Like oh, outside, of Pem- outside of Pemberton, is that? Like north of Pemberton, is that where you uh, are? Outside of Lillooet. Lillooet, okay. Over on yes. that side, okay. Yeah, awesome. so you, there's a real switchback road that you go through a native reserve, and then there's quite a switchback road, and then you get into some back, some serious back roads. Uh, we got kind of lost going up. We were going up at 11 o'clock at night in the west. He got out on, back on some back roads that uh, were basically cut lines. <laughs> realized we were going the wrong way (laughs) that's crazy Uh, terrain in there like oh it was nuts it was nuts it was uh, i think bikepack canada or bikepack sorry bikepack.com said that um it was uh 90 rideable and i went (coughs) bullshit like it was not 90 rideable uh not for me anyways um uh, but anyways, that was a whole different adventure. That was a lot of fun. It's quite technical, right? When you get up there, uh, up high. Oh yeah, it like, was nineteen hundred meters of climbing. I think on the first day, I did. Yeah. We didn't realize how much we climbed on the first day. It was supposed to be a loop. Um, I had some mechanical issues, so we were, I think, out there for three days and then came back the same direction we went up and. Uh, obviously didn't do the loop, but did not realize how much you climbed that first day until you're coming back the last day. And we were just flying down that mountain. It was amazing. Yeah. It's crinkly in there. Um, cause I, I lived in Pemberton for a while and we, uh, in a previous life, uh, the family had a uh, cabin, uh, up at, um, Tyax, right on Tyoton Lake. Okay. So I rode up to, uh, El Dorado basin, I believe El Dorado cabin, and okay. it was just, it was just like constant. It was just the, we went on and on. The person I was with just couldn't, couldn't continue. We were going to try to do, it was just a day ride, but it was going to be, you know, uh, all day, like 12, 14 hours of riding kind of up and over. And we yeah. never, we never did continue, but, but it was pretty steady climbing. There's nothing flat. Like, right. Yeah, oh, it was, it was, yeah. It was nuts. It was beautiful yeah. though. And it's grizzly bear country in there too. So hundred yeah. percent. And the first day I lost my bear spray. Oh no. Cause yeah. Well, you, you know, you learn these things about bike packing, where to put your gear. And I had my bear spray on, uh, on the uh, bottom of the frame of my bike, which, you know, in one of those bear spray, um, the, 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 the you know, bottle cage holder, mm. I had it, it didn't have it strapped in there. Um, of course, you know, you're going over logs and, you know, carry a lot of hike a bike sections. Uh, and then all of a sudden I, you know, go to set up camp and I lost my bear spray. Um, I lost my Cedar Summit pillow. So oh, no, not the pillow. Course, yes, like my very expensive Cedar Summit pillow. Ah. Um, so, you know, I, I, you learn a lot. And unfortunately, I have some gear scattered up there. So hopefully that's, you know, good karma for somebody else who finds it. But. 
we searched that whole area. I couldn't find it anywhere. And I thought I'd find the bear spray on the way back, but no. Those are really interesting <laughs> lessons to learn. It's like, um, so all these, all these little, um, little defeats like losing this or losing that, or this falls off or you have right. a mechanical. I think that is just as important as being fit to ride some of these, these, oh, whether gosh, you're touring yeah. it or whether you're going to race something is oh, you make or break you. Yeah. Cause it's, it's like, you don't, it's stuff you don't really think about. And that that's why I think the, the quote unquote shakedown ride is so important. It's like oh, load sure. up your bike and, uh, and then just go for a rip, like go ride fully loaded just in your local single track trails right. like just just so you feel how the bike handles and and how much it weighs when you have to actually pick it up over stuff right yeah. i remember doing uh <clears throat> it was actually before i did the ar my first kind of big ride is i went kind of left here rode the highway and then down settlers road to nipica mm-hmm. and then kept going down to um canal flats and then kind of i just ended up coming back on the highway it ended up being about like another like 190 or 185 and I remember rolling into Nipica in a full-on thunderstorm. And it's it's like, it, it makes you think about the gear you brought. Because luckily, right. I rolled into Nipica. So it was like, the, I went right to the lodge. And as soon as I stepped through the uh, across the threshold, it was like the most rain I've ever seen come Torrential out of the sky. It was crazy. Yeah. And the wind and these big fir trees are just being whipped around. And I was thinking, man, if I were like halfway to Canal Flats right now, what would I do? And it's like, okay, right. well, that's why you think it's like, well, I didn't bring a shelter with me. I don't think on that one because it was just going to be a day ride. But I was thinking, man, I kind of almost need a tarp or something because a garbage bag, <clears throat> a garbage bag. Yeah. Just, a garbage just bag, anything yeah. to, to, to seek shelter in. And then, so I left Nipica in the dark after the rain and I was just, no, it wasn't quite dark yet. And I was riding down towards Canal Flats and it had to be, I don't know how many kilometers it was of blowdown after that storm. And it were huge, huge stacks of, of like, they're at least four or five foot high of stacks of fir trees just going across the, uh, going across the, um, the terrain. <clears throat> Sorry, right. my phone was going to die. And that was the first time I really had to kind of pick that bike up. And, you know, I wasn't riding super, but I left it. I was like, oh my God, I had to do that again and again and again and again, probably for right. two or three hours, maybe not that long, a couple hours. But it's exhausting. And that's kind of going back to the conversation with Ryan. It's like, it's not just riding the bike. It's like pushing the bike, carrying the bike, lifting the bike. Lifting it over, lifting it over deadfall. Yeah. And then, you know, and then right down to the the shakedown, it's like, where am I putting my stuff? How quick can I get this? Depending on what you're doing, obviously, if you're racing, like, where am I going to put stuff so I can get at it? Or where am I going to put stuff where it's not going to get caught or fall off? Like, I think having a super tight kit is super important. You see people right. riding. And that's, and that's, that's what I'm working on right yeah. now is, is where can I lose some weight? Um, you know, uh, packing, repacking. I know when I did Iceland, uh, I came back and seriously, I packed way more stuff. But I was on a touring bike, so you can carry a lot more weight. And, and my bike is, gear, is, is geared for touring, um, that bike anyways, uh, my uh, Brody. But, uh, you know, I started taking things out of my bags after that trip and going, what did I bring this for? Yeah, like, did I even it, use like, this? Did I use this? Well, there was yeah. so much stuff I didn't use. But yeah. for the Epic, I definitely used, um, I used everything pretty much. Yeah. You know, there were a few items that I didn't use, which I was thankful that I didn't have to. Um, but, you know, and, and gear is expensive. Sure is. 
So do what you can do with, um, with what you have. And uh, as years go on, start investing in gear because I have gear that I bought, oh gosh, you know, eight years ago and it's still in really good shape. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's, you know, the go-to gear and I just keep adding a little bit here and there. And um, there's so much gear, like so many bags out there, so much stuff that you can just blow your mind trying to figure out what's best for your bike. And yeah. you just, uh, you know, I bought um, all Apadura gear for the, uh, for my um, fat bike. And, you know, you see, bigger or, or smaller and better and lighter weight. And I just think, you know, I'm just going to stick with what I have. Uh, it's great gear. That would um, stuff so light. What's it's, that? It's light stuff. That's good. It's stuff. very light. Yeah. It's very light, but you know, there's, there's certain handlebar or bag setups for the handlebars and, you know, should I get this front rack? And, um, there's so much out there, but uh, it's just a matter of working with what you have and uh, improving it as you go along. Yeah, um, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely an evolving sport, <laughs> which I'm happy to be a part of. And make sure everything is make sure everything is tied down. <laughs> I went I went over the embankment on the. Um, this then and tying down stuff is something I've learned over over <laughs> a few trips. But uh, the between Castle Gar and Trail, that single track. Oh yeah, that was fun. I actually went over the. It was oh, no. pouring rain when we went through oh, there, no. and I went over the embankment, and my bike flipped over, and then it was being held up. I was being held up by two um, little spruce trees. Yeah. And then my bike seat got caught in between the spruce trees. Oh wow! And we were just sort. Of, we were I, me and my bike were just sort of hanging off of this embankment. I love how you said and, we there. Uh, we were just hanging I, off. <laughs> we were just hanging off, hanging out. You know, my riding partner was way ahead of me, so she didn't have any clue of what happened. Um, but yeah, I was so thankful. Like nothing came off my bike. Did you high center? Did you clip a pedal on the like? Because the first bit it kind of climbs up and it's really steep on the right I and it's kind of rocky. And... Oh, it was just a horrible ugly little section and it was so crazy because i got i finally pulled my bike up got back onto that section and went okay i tweaked my back a little bit but i feel pretty good and you know you're so i was super shaky like i had all the adrenaline and i started pushing my bike and my freaking pedal got caught on a rock and came back and smoked me right in my shin and i just (sighs) Oh, I couldn't believe yeah. it. And I went, okay, that, you know. <laughs> I remember people talking about I that. that. Yeah, I remember people talking about that section. I think I was at a subway eating and and I heard there was another uh, couple of racers there and they were talking about this section. It's like, oh, last year it took me, they're saying, oh, it took me like three or four hours to get through that. And, and I, I'm a mountain biker. Like I, I'm pretty good. I have good bike handling skills. And I, but then yeah, it was like thinking, yeah. wow, how, this is gnarly. Like is this, this sounds good. It's going to be crazy. It was super yeah. fun. It was such a fun stretch yeah. of single track. <laughs> uh, the one thing that kind of, it's that, that sand descent. It's about maybe halfway oh. through and you come to the top and it's just yeah. like, uh, it's just beach sand. It's like a pile of beach sand. And there's right. a, there's, I remember there was a route down to the left and kind of took around it and there was a straight, there was a straight line. I had a plus bike too. So it was, yeah, that made yeah, all the difference, same. right? Lots same. of confidence, yeah. right? Yeah. But uh, yeah, it didn't take me that long to get through there. It was kind of fun. Like it was, 
Because there's so much, oh, there's so much open we coming, road. We were coming through in the pouring rain. That like, it was would be horrible. Absolutely yeah. pouring in the daytime. Like in the day. In the daytime, thank goodness. Yeah. yeah, it'd be hard to navigate at night for sure. Yeah, yeah. definitely. That's cool. Yeah. Well, You'd be walking that section. Yeah. Tell me more about the Iceland thing. So, what what was the catalyst for that trip? Um, that was just another spontaneous. I want to go to Iceland, <laughs> right? That's like, awesome. Yeah, it's just I don't I don't know why these things pop into my brain, but once they do, I I my focus is there. So ADD. Um, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, September is my my time to go. So uh, yeah, I just decided I was going. I think maybe I saw a, an advertisement for Iceland Air, and it was cheap. Oh yeah. So I thought, well, you know, I'll take my bike, and so I bought this uh, Brody Land Vital and got some bike bags from Mech and just loaded it up and uh, yeah, took off to, to Iceland. And that was my very first real long distance uh, bike tour. So how far and how long was that? Well, that is the ring road is approximately a thousand kilometers. Okay. So the plan was to do the full ring road. Um, so took off from uh, some rec, from Reykjavik, um, you know, you can go either one direction or the other direction. So you, you're trying to think about which direction the prevailing wind uh, is. Yeah. So I headed uh, northwest um, against the prevailing wind. <laughs> but don't then you get a tailwind coming back. I think either way, right? <laughs> well, the thing was is that uh, did the whole um, west side of the island uh, went and did north and was coming down through the east and I was super so stoked because I was you know you're coming through the east section um, I was super stoked because the south part is so beautiful mm. it's just where all the I mean there's 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 um, waterfalls throughout but you know that's where the blue lagoon is and where the warmth is and it was cold and rainy through this whole trip and got to the east side and there was a Atlantic storm. So the oh. wind speed was, I believe the, the RVs are supposed to come off the road at 12 meters per second. We had wind speeds of 18 meters per second. That's an interesting uh, um, way to, wait, yeah, yeah, meters per that, second. That, that's how, that's how they, that's how they read the wind. Interesting. Um, so, uh, at one point, I had a tailwind where I was doing 45 kilometers an hour without pedaling. Wow, that's awesome! It was, yeah. So it's a little sketchy because you're going, okay, you know, I'll just, I'll just allow the universe just to sort of, you know, propel me down this road, and then uh, the wind direction changed, and it literally blew me off the road. Like I yeah. went right across the highway, down in the ditch, um, got my bike up, and was pushing it into the wind and i couldn't even push my bike into the wind wow that's so, at so that you're, you're point, right on the coast at that point like yeah full, full, yeah you're, full you're right you're riding right along the coast oh um, so you're exposed to the black sand beaches which will um, basically strip the skin off you if you are out there um so i stayed uh thank goodness uh there was a little uh a little place called Haas. Um, there's a picture, I think, on windows of the the little church and graveyard. It's all covered in moss, and the graveyard's covered in moss. It's just a beautiful little little place. And um, 
thank goodness they had a room available for me. But th this this island, they understand uh, tourists getting themselves into really bad weather situations. So they will open up. They will open up any place that they can to protect. Um, you know, I don't know. I think tr the travel industry's changed immensely there because it's people are more aware. I think duly because of Iceland Air, but um, got to stay at this great little place. And uh, after that, I decided that I was just going to uh, catch a bus. And I had 300 kilometers left, so I decided I was going to catch a bus and just uh, go back to Reykjavik and take a couple of days and just be a tourist in that in that city um i i gave up at about 700k because the wind speed was just ridiculous yeah and it's it was it just was, sustained. it was, it was like, dangerous just, yeah right especially it if you dangerous. know you could get struck by something oh you could or just going through those black because the, the the stretch that i had to go through was basically all black sand beach um so i was just i was worried about you know my safety <laughs> and at that point you're just like ah oh, i'm done like I, I i rode up to dalvik which is a very northern part of uh, iceland um uh, fishing you know it's right on a fjord a uh, nice little fishing area gorgeous gorgeous place people are beautiful there too and but very laid back you know the uh, when I was, when I gave up, uh, you're waiting at the bus stop and you don't know if it's day one or day two that the bus is going to stop there, you know, Okay. Um, and they kind of run by Iceland uh, time. So, yeah. you know, they're not going to be right there at 10 a.m. And the bus would pull up and uh, it was just this little bus. And I asked the bus driver, I said, do you think my bike will fit? And he just shrugged his shoulders and said, Maybe, you know, like <laughs> you go figure it out. Yeah, you go figure so, it out. Yeah, so I had some uh, some people on the bus. They were grabbing their, their their gear out of the back of the bus and putting it in the aisle so that I could fit my bike uh, in there. And you just nice. kind of cram all your stuff in. And they're like, yeah, you know, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, well, there'll be another bus in two days. So it's so nice to escape the hustle and bustle, right? And, you yeah. Know, and it's it's yeah. it's cool. You go to, you go to other countries and then a lot of these countries don't run the same way as North America. It's no. just, it's a totally different. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not super well-traveled, but I know I live in the Kootenays and people, people call it Kootenay time. Right. So if right. like, if a truck doesn't show up, I'm a shipper receiver. So if something doesn't show up or something's late, it's just like, eh, Kootenay time. It's just the way it is out here. Right. And right. It's kind yeah. of slow going. And, yeah. and uh, I'm always freaked out. Like whenever I go to a, a city, like if I'm in, on Vancouver Island, oh, we go to Victoria. It's just like yeah. I'm like a I'm a doe-eyed. Like like, oh, yeah. this is crazy! I know, so busy. Or I driving, know, people just, are honking at you. Yeah, yeah. Or just driving in it. Yeah, driving in it's just like crazy. And I try not to seem like too much like a tourist because I don't want to. Because I've lived in towns that are like Whistler is a crazy tourist town, and the locals right. are always like, "Oh, those tourists, and slow drivers, and this and that." <laughs> I want to. I don't want to be that person because I know how annoying I can be. Yeah, it's nice to to escape the hustle and bustle. That's awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. a that's and a that's, great story. That's a, yeah, that's essentially you know the whole bike packing is just to be on your own, just yeah. in your own head. You know, I don't really think about much while I'm on the bike. I just kind of I don't know. You're just in a Zen state. I'm not solving the world's problems by any means, um, but uh, you just get into a Zen state and you just 
you know, I guess I think I'm an introverted extrovert is what they, <laughs> is how they, they describe it. Cause I do like to be quiet and on my own. Yeah. Um, what's, uh, what do you do to entertain yourself when you're out there? Are you, uh, nothing. do you listen to books I, or music or nothing? Wow. No, I, I, uh, I try not to listen to music while I'm riding. It's just something I haven't, I don't know, maybe I haven't embraced it yet. Um, I, I bring an iPod along because, of course, you know, I think, well, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll listen to some music. Um, but I'm pretty conservative when it comes to powering things. Mm. Yeah. Fair enough. You know, I just, I just want to make sure my Garmin's powered yeah. and my inReach is powered. Those yeah. are the two main um you know, I don't even I don't even bring out my phone very often. So I, I actually brought uh, you know one of those disposable cameras. Oh no way! Did you, I did. With what's that? What's inside that? They call it film. Is it yeah. film? Yeah, I know it's so weird. <laughs> it is weird. I brought a disposable camera. It actually takes really good pictures. They do, yeah. But it's remembering to do the advancement. You're like click click yeah. click click, and then you That's have to so remember funny. to uh, advance before you can use it. Um, so yeah, I just I'm really focused on just maintaining as much power as I possibly can. So to bring another device and another cord, ugh, just yeah. It. I mean, you do have. Uh, I saw a thread on on Facebook, I think, about what to bring for a music player, and and it's like, well, you know, you, you carry your phone anyway, right? So right. that's one device, and right. and so that's not only is it a phone, but it's a computer, basically, right? And it's an entertainment right. device, exactly. videos, music, yeah. whatever. I tend to listen to books. I find music a bit too, <clears throat> just too grating. It just bothers me after a certain amount of time, but right. I could sit and listen to a book for hours. Like I, I love listening to books. I don't get a lot of time right. to just sit down and, and read a book. Of course. So yeah, I find that, that time really valuable. And you're not the, it was a guy, guy Stewart. I don't think he listens to anything. Um, Eric Ross, he was kind of teasing me one time about, it's like, yeah, I didn't even bring headphones, man. I was like, what? I can't believe you didn't bring headphones. <laughs> like I always have headphones in my ears. Right. Yeah. Except I go yeah. in a store, I might pull a butt out, but it goes immediately back in. It's just like, right. I'm always listening to something. And it's not I, I, I tend to plug in too, because, um, I, I, you know, for me, it's like that, uh, it's like, was it Bob Ross paint by numbers, but, <laughs> or, or Bob Ross painting, but anyways, um, just having that, you know, that, uh, just something in the background, especially if I'm working and right. I'm working on a project, I'm not even listening to it. It's just, I don't know why our brains have to be activated like that all the time. Well, I've, I've heard too, that our brains don't truly multitask, right? No, what they do is no. they flip back and forth. So if you have yeah. if you have music on, it's like you're constantly boop, 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 back and forth, like task music, task music, task music. Right. But right. Um, I'm the same way, like at work, you know, I, I work out in the yard a lot, but, you know, doing receiving and invoicing and whatnot, I'm sitting at my desk. I always have a podcast on something. Right. Something's exactly. always going. And I actually got, I, I got, got in a little bit of a, a little bit of trouble one day. They're like, well, you know, you, you made this, this mistake and everyone makes mistakes. And mm -hmm. I was like, well, we, we think that maybe you shouldn't listen to your things anymore. And it's just like, no, sorry. No, that's, that's not why that mistake happened. I, it's, that's right. not what it is. It's just like, right. it's no different than listening to a radio, right? Right. Or music and or people whatever. who, yeah, people who don't listen to the background noise all the time, uh, yeah. they maybe don't appreciate the purpose of it. Yeah. And the stuff that you are doing is pretty, uh, uh, you know, highly mind taxing and you're listening to music. Oh, right. So it's just like, I right. think it just helps, helps with focus a little bit. 
helps it with does. that meditation. You know what? It it um, for whatever reason putting something in my ears actually it, it's like having a task light. It just channels my mm, attention. Interesting. Um, but I my my on a bike, my attention is pretty channeled as it is. Yeah. So uh, maybe if I wasn't dealing with saddle sores or I mm. wasn't you know concerned with bears or. Um, you know, I would listen to music and be more relaxed. But if I'm out, you know, uh, riding the back roads, I want to be able to hear that vehicle coming up yeah. behind me. And, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, I just never have ridden with music. I've been... I, I can't say I won't because I never, you know, I, I, you never know what it's going to change in your life. So yeah. um, I've, I've actually right put now, buds back in my ears. Like I was, I remember riding, it was in the middle of the night and I kept hearing like, just little cracks in the woods and stuff. Oh. It's just critters, right? See, it's, no, it's night, like, dri- night riding, I might change my mind. <laughs> well, no, like, let me, but see, my my theory, I spend a lot of time in the woods at night. You know, again, like I said, I ride at night a lot. And sometimes I'll just ride into a spot. And if I'm getting a drink, I'll shut all my lights off and just stand in the middle of the woods in the dark right. with no light. And it's awesome. It's yeah. so quiet. Um, but when I, was, when I was riding, I don't know if it was on the Epic or <clears throat> might've been on the Epic. But and then you keep and you're, you're sleep deprived, or you're tired, and it's dark, and you hear the in the in the woods, and you're like, oh, oh. And you keep looking around, and you can't see anything. It's dark, so I just put the buds right. back in because I know yeah. it's just a squirrel or something. Like bears aren't right. bears aren't hiding behind stumps waiting to pull us out of the off our bikes right. and eat us. I, I mean, and a, and a cougar, man, you're not going to hear that thing coming. No, no, you no, know, he, like he, he's he's chasing yeah. it out. <laughs> in fact, on a night ride, I went on on the other night and. uh out towards uh, SRL, uh, Shaughnessy's kind of private land just down, but they they let people recreate on their land. So they, I'm sure they don't listen to this, but I wanted to phone them just to say thank you for because there's so much private land around here. Oh, that is neat. <clears throat> so it and it's a beautiful loop. But uh, I was riding up this one little climb and I look and no one else had been out there. There's no footprints, but there's I'm pretty sure there's two cat tracks kind of going up beside me. And one cat. You know, that's a dog, right? Kind of a long right? foot. These yes. were like these, yes. these yes. wider than long. And mm-hmm. uh, one was probably the size of my fist. I don't have huge hands, but you know, that's pretty big. And yeah. then th- there was a little one beside it, like uh, probably a baby uh, or yeah. two. I couldn't tell. But, um, and I saw on the paper the other day, someone had caught some links on, uh, on, uh, on video. So it could have been okay. them. Yes. Yeah. But uh, it cats cats freak me out a bit more than than bears or you know coyotes or wolves. They don't right. want anything to do with you. But I know right. cats can get kind of hungry. But around here, you know, and, they, sm- and cats cats like to chase. Yeah, I mean that's their mo. They love to totally. they love to chase. Yeah. So if you, uh, yeah, um, I I did actually on the epic. I saw a cougar. Did you? Yeah, it was uh, it was the first day. <laughs> it was way up on the trail. He kind of, he came down on the trail and you could see him sort of uh, running, but bouncing along and you could see that white tip of his tail just sort of, you know, almost like Tigger, you know, how yeah. Tigger would just bounce along and, and then off the trail he went. I've never seen, um, I've never seen a cat. I've never seen a cougar. Yeah. It, was I, a, it, was a, it was a small one, but it was, it was pretty, it was pretty neat. And that was the very first day. <laughs> that's awesome. I, yeah. <laughs> um, I think that's the thing too about um, like maybe to ease people's worries about, about that on, on a, on a race like the, like the BC Epic is 70 people head out. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
I think the chances of seeing any wildlife, I didn't see any wildlife. And I ended up being kind of mid-pack, front mid-pack kind of thing. I didn't see anything. And I think it's because if you're not at the pointy end of the stick, you know, you, you're just the, the wake of wildlife just retreating from the, from the track. Right. Right. I, I mean, right. and, then you, you and there's, know. there's a scent there and people are on it. And I mean, yeah. like you said, they don't want to have anything to do with you. No. And um, obviously, you know, if you roll up on a mother and cubs, that's a totally different scenario. And like Ryan sure. Corey said in one of his, uh, in one of his podcasts, like the first, maybe within the first 10 or 20, he was saying that a lot of people will report a quote unquote encounter was like, I had a bear encounter. It's like, well, if you saw a bear and it's like a hundred meters down the trail and it right. took off, that's not an encounter. Yeah. That's normal. No. That's what will normally yeah. happen. Right. An yes. encounter is yeah. like, holy shit, there's a bear 10 feet away from right. me. Where's my bear which, spray? Which the South, the South Dakotan, I was yeah. uh, coming down some descents and I was standing on my pedal. So if I could like, cause there's so many, uh, clumps of bushes yeah and that's and then of course i don't have my bear spray so that's i'm thinking oh yeah great now i'm gonna see a bear (laughs) that's so funny (laughs) because my bear spray is back in the woods somewhere the only time i saw a grizzly was uh uh on tyoton lake in a boat and uh it was my my uh, my ex-wife and my father-in-law and we were just kind of floating around and and he's like holy crap there's a grizzly bear over there and it was it was you know a youngish one it wasn't a massive beast but it was it was on the edge of the water on the beach and it was like playing with a stick it was so hilarious it was just like batting the stick around you know yeah. being all playful with its like six inch long claws like it had just so innocent so innocent yeah. and, and of so, course so zoo like <laughs> yeah yeah and and cliff was just so like wow look at that and we were point where bow was pointed towards this bear but we were actually floating closer and closer to this bear oh and i'm like uh cliff i think uh that's probably close enough because i was just right. thinking that you know, if it they wanted to, it probably wouldn't right. Oh, totally. And it, it wouldn't care. I mean, we probably could have gotten within yeah. you know, yeah. a few meters of it and just would have been, Hey, I'm just playing with a stick. We're not They're threatening really neat. it. Yeah. They're quite interesting to watch my, yeah. um, when on my, my first bike packing, when I did the, uh, KVR to Naramata, I had set out in the morning, it was early 7am. So you see the little animals on the trail and, um, they had, you know, they obviously had a fire through there, which burnt down those trestles. But um, I was going along the trail and I had seen a black clump out of the corner of my eye. And, you know, as you'd go by and I thought, Trish, turn around, go see what. Never turn around, never look back. I did. (laughs) (laughs) So I turned around and I I thought, you know, it's just a burnt uh, log or whatever. And turned around, came back and I was I was up on the trail. So this was down in a bit of a valley. But here it was, was a big black bear. Nice. And he was pushing on this tree, oh, trying yeah. to get this tree to go down. So yeah. I sat there and watched it and just to watch their fur roll. And, oh, it was just beautiful. They're beautiful animals. Yeah. And, you know, then I just got on my bike and didn't even think anything more about it. And just yeah. went, you know, good, good for you for going back there and just yeah. checking that out. Um, but it was almost, uh, it was it was kind of an interesting, uh, I felt, yeah, I felt good. Just felt comfortable and felt very connected. It was, it was neat. You should have just that went down and really neat trip. It's like, can, yeah. I, can I help you push this tree <laughs> I over? I can help you with that, buddy. Probably a lot of good grubs in there. Let me help you. <laughs> okay. That was, oh, that was the only, that was the first and only major bear encounter I've yeah. ever had. And, and like you said, encounter, right? It encounter. Yeah, that, was yeah that wasn't even an encounter, right? <laughs> no. That was just that was, a, that was just a, a, that was just a, a nice visual. Yeah. yeah. 
Would, um, do you carry a honker like a like an air horn? No, but I have been thinking. I have a friend uh, who uh, you know we do some mountain biking quite a bit. Um, she brings one. She thinks that I, I have a whistle. Um, not that you know it's a pretty loud whistle, uh, but I do that more if I if for, in an emergency if I'm down in in a valley like I would have been. In, yeah. You know, oh right. <laughs> on BC Epic, but anyways, I have a whistle. Um, but I have been giving some thought to the big air horn to yeah. just give it a real blast of. Yeah, I've heard they're pretty effective, especially if you see it from a, something from a distance. You can just like, yeah. and thing will just like. And I understand, off. like, I understand the concept of bear spray, but you, I think you have to be right, like, you have to be dialed right into mm. spraying that. Because if there's a witch, you know, if the wind's coming at you or. Because all of a sudden, now knowing how um, incredibly uh, effective it is, oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I wouldn't want to be caught in the draft of it while I'm trying no. to get away from a bear. So no, and that, been... that's actually a really good point. Is that if you yeah. are uh, uh, what is it, upwind, downwind, if you end up spraying it, it goes back in your face. It's pretty counterproductive. Oh, now to... I'm disabled and I'm in front of a bear. Yeah, who's going, and you're wow, spicy. You're tasty. <laughs> Got some cayenne. Bear will yeah, love so that. I've been, I've been thinking of, especially you know, actually after clearing a restaurant too, that there is, uh, you know, there could be some liability to it. Um, oh, that's that, a good point. Uh, actually, an air an air horn would probably be just as effective. I uh, I the only time I used my bear spray was on a dog, and it was just I was just on kind of a longer ride around here, and it 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 chased me a couple times, and the, the second yeah. time I was getting annoying, and and the second when I came back from my loop and I was riding by came out again and it's not a small dog yeah. it was a big dog and it came up on me and i just pulled my safety and and just kind of shot under my arm just like psh, just gave him like a quick yes yeah. and uh aiming it was kind of hard and i was on the move obviously I, I think i hit it in the in the flank or whatever but i felt bad i felt bad for that dog and it's just like right. well you know put, put your dog it's on the, leash. the dog's fault yeah no but i didn't want it to bite my ankle it's like right there oh, it was a big dog and it was just like and you know, I've never, I haven't seen it since. So hopefully, it's leashed, yeah, leashed up. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yeah I it's normally carry stuff. a little. I normally carry a little canister. Oh, I, 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 I in air quotes again. I normally carry a little can uh, dog spray um, if I go out onto the back roads. But I have to remember to put it in my bag. That's the problem. Yeah. Um, but I do have that. I did. I have been chased by a pack of. Uh, dogs up by slave lake oh yeah i was going up uh, i was doing uh just meeting some friends camping but i decided to take my bike and uh ride from slave lake and i got going through uh the reserves and um i was being chased by a pack of dogs and that was pretty scary at one point i was i was thinking of, of riding across the highway because there was traffic coming mm. just to get them to go you know just to stop chasing yeah. me uh and they finally finally um they finally gave up, but that was pretty scary. I think that's more scary than, than, yeah. than a, like a pack of animals is so much scarier. I think than like one, and I, one I, bear. I, didn't, I didn't even think of, um, you know, the, the dogs on just running, <laughs> running loose yeah. in those areas. Mm. I just didn't even think of it. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta um, be prepared for all that stuff, right? Like right. you gotta protect yeah. yourself. It's experience that prepares you. Yeah. I, I seem to learn everything the hard way. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, uh, coming out in on salt spring coming, um, you know, it was, it was warm. I took my, I took my coat and I 
put it on the front of my um, handlebar bag. And you know how it has those oh, no. the straps? Yeah. Well, those straps are great if you want to carry a flip-flop or something. But I put my, I put my coat in there, and um, I was riding with Mike. And uh, this was in 2018. Anyways, I'm coming down this uh, descent, and I could hear Mike screaming at me. And I thought, what is his problem, Mike? <laughs> Chill out, buddy. <laughs> and then I had realized that the sleeve of my coat had fallen out, and it was just dangling right by my front wheel. Right. And, you know, it was just, that was lesson learned, like tie your stuff down. Don't yeah. assume because, you know, things you're, you're bumping around out there and things come loose and tie your stuff down. It's on a bike, right? Yeah. I haven't, I haven't had any problems like that. I had a, you know, those SKS bottle holders that you can put on a fork. Oh yes. Those, those rubber things. And then they have the, so you can put them on a suspension fork. I bought a yep. set of those for the Epic. And I ended up, uh, burning a hole in my water bottle. Cause it, it, it had shifted. Yeah. It had shifted slightly. And, uh, I was getting sprayed on my leg and I was like, ah, it was right out of grand forks actually. So I was flying out of grand forks after all the drugs I took to get the rid of the pain. Right. And, uh, and, uh, I felt spray. I was like, oh, I punctured. And I thought it was just tubeless sealant kind of spraying on my oh. leg. And I looked down, and of course, it looked like sealant just because my legs were so muddy. It just kind of looked like sealant. I was like, oh, man. Right. And then I started smelling, or sorry, previous to that, I started smelling burning. The rubber. <laughs> and I was just kind of looking around, looking, checking things out. And I couldn't, I didn't even notice. But yeah, I burned a hole yeah. in, the, in, the, in the bottle. I had stopped. And um, so, yeah, I know you, there's some recommendations on not to carry stuff like that on your forks, but... I've had a lot of good, right. I haven't had any, that was the only time I, I've had a problem. And I think it's, the lesson is you got to check it over. Like in the morning when you wake up, you got to refasten oh, yes. everything, you know, check yep. your bolts, check everything. I've learned that, you know, the hard way I've lost my rear, my rear tire, my rear wheel popped off once. Um, that was pretty. Oh, intense. that'd be crazy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's just checking, just give your bike a once over, check it out. Uh, make sure that everything is where it's supposed to be. Um, yeah. I, uh, it's interesting cause um, I, I think it was the summit. We were talking about the vole straps on, on the front. I uh, see, I don't have front suspension. Um, and uh, so I have these salsa bags that uh, have tie straps on them, not the volet type straps. Because somebody was saying, you know, if the volet strap comes un comes undone, all of a sudden now that's in your front wheel. And uh, so my salsa bags, I mean, they're heavier, but they're those are bomb proof. Uh, you know, so I I'm not really a hundred percent keen on uh, having um, anything on my front wheels unless. I know that they're not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, I I would say um, the experience I have with the the straps, those rubber straps, they're 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 not coming off. Like the way right. the, the, okay. they they're pulling against tension, so it's like once mm -hmm. once you get the hook in, they're pulling against that hook, so it's right. um, it's even more secure than a belt, right? It's just kind of like it's pulling in, but I don't know. It's it's all experience and. Exactly. And I'll still use those straps. I would encourage anyone. Oh, to I, I do too. Sure. I, I use them on on my gear, but I use it not to just you know. I just stick with yeah. the 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 straps that came with the salsa bags, and they're a little bit you know finicky to those those thin um, ones, right? Like the uh, the webbing straps, right? 
those thin yes. webbing straps. Yeah. Yeah. A, a yeah. Couple and of they're a little well. finicky, but you know, they add what a, a two minutes to my day to make yeah. sure everything's strapped up. Big deal. Yeah. I know they're not going anywhere. I use a similar thing as a lock. I use a big one inch thick, uh, piece of webbing. That's about like six feet long. That's my lock. Oh, okay. so when I pull into a town, I, yeah. I hide it down uh, underneath the frame bag. So I'll, I'll like, yeah. I'll wrap it around. So someone will go and it's black yeah. and there's so much going on on the bike that someone's going to try to they'll move the bike. They'll, they'll be like, what, why can't I move this bike? And if they do find right. it, they can snip it, but you can snip a lock as well. Right. But, but, that, it, but it, but it, it slows them down. They're yeah. not going to jump on it. Yeah. <laughs> they'll, they'll go to my neighbor's bike who didn't lock their bike. And, you know, it's right. kind of like, yeah. and uh, I find too that, well, it's, it's 50 grams, right? I think it weighs less than 50 grams for, right. for, a, and it's, it's always good. To have, it's always good to have a strap. Just an extra strap. Extra yeah. Yeah, for sure. So what are your plans coming up? What are you doing this summer? Uh, so this summer I'm going to do the BT 700. BT 700. Yeah. That's so logistically. Just, so you're going to, that's going to be big. That's a big trip. You yeah, pack it your is. bike and get out there and. It is. Yeah. Um, so I'm just trying, well, I'm not trying to figure it out. I'm just at the stages of going, am I going to fly? I don't think driving is going to be work out for me very well, um, to drive yeah. all the way there. Awesome so. road trip. Yeah, and I normally I normally fly with my bike. Like mm. I'm going to Yellowknife in February nice. or not February, beginning of March, and I'll bring my bike for that. I go up there for work every year. Okay. Um, so that's pretty fun uh, to ride across the lake there. Yeah. And um, yeah, so just trying to figure out the logistics to get uh, to Southern Ontario. Have you been talking to uh, Matt at all, Matt Katie? No. No, you should. No, you should, no. Uh, I, 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 I'm, uh, you know, I'm huge with his cookbook. Yeah. I love, yeah. love that book. Oh, I love to hear that. That's good. Oh my goodness. Uh, and I've told everybody, I'm like, you have got to get this cookbook. It is amazing. And that's Rocket um, Rocket Fuel? Is that the one? That's Rocket yeah. Fuel. Yeah. A good, I, I good did, plug I, for Matt's book. Oh, it's just, it's <laughs> the recipes in it are fantastic. So I, I've gotten to know him through his cookbook. <laughs> yeah. Have you reached out to him? Uh, well, I just let him know that uh, I am going to be cool. on the starting line. Nice. So other than that, no. I'm so glad that but he... Uh, I did hear him on your podcast, so I, I did listen to that. That was yeah. really good. I'm so yeah. glad he had a good experience. I, I could tell like the first time we chatted, he was pretty nervous. And, you know, it must be it must be huge to, to organize something like that. Oh, my you, you know, gosh, for, for, as, for as much as you're not trying to do too much organizing, you know. Yeah, but it's how it's received. Events. We're all sort of creatures yeah. of uh, everybody's opinion. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, so it's how it's received. I, I'm seriously like... I'm. I was born in Ontario. Right. Whereabouts? And uh, in Petawawa. Oh, we talked I'm about an, that yesterday. Yeah, that was yeah, part of the conversation so, we missed yeah, out on Petawawa. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, I was born in the Pembroke Hospital, but my father lived in my family lived in Petawawa and uh, New Brunswick and Newfoundland, and um, so I'm excited just to you know uh, just to go back and just to see it. It's such a beautiful country. To ride in Ontario, yeah. Yeah. I'd really like to go one time as well. We'll see. So. Yeah, so that's going to be my that's going to be my summer. That I think I won't be going anywhere this September um, because that's going to be my that's going to be my money. That's my my piggy bank will be empty after that trip. <laughs> yeah, that'll be a big one just yeah. to get out there. Is it pretty yeah. um, easy logistically? Like, uh, where do you fly into? Oof, um, I'm hoping to maybe fly into Hamilton. Okay. Or um, I have some family that's around London, Ontario. Uh, Halleberry, I think, um, 
So, and that's another thing, you know, you're, you, you set yourself off so far away and if something uh, medical mm. should happen, I need to be close to family or somebody I need, to, I need to have an out. Right. Um, and, or, you know, just a backup. Uh, so I'm thinking of, yeah, trying to get a, 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 a smaller flight into Hamilton or something. Now, I don't it, know. Does he have a, a 700 and a 1000 now? Is there a one thousand? Yeah, so I want to, I want to, it's a, I think it's GNR. I think of GNR because of Guns and Roses. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think it's there's another loop there that uh, I think it's GNR for some reason. And I don't know what that acronym stands for, but it's about three hundred K. So I hopefully will be able to do both of them. And that's a little lobe that you can do kind of on one end of yes. the route. So you can just kind of yes. extend it. Yeah. Oh, that would yeah. be great. What, what's yeah. your... I, f- I figure if I'm, if I'm going all the way there, I might yeah. as well do the thousand kilometers, For sure. right? So um, what does that look like? So how, how much ascent, uh, ascent is in that? Have you, have you st- oh, you haven't gotten I, there yet? It's what, you know, that's how I flow. I'm like, I'm going to do that. Here I am. I don't know anything about it, but I'm going to go do it. <laughs> Let's ride bikes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a good attitude, actually. I, you know, I, I, take, I take the map and I break it down into sections yeah. and say, well, I'm going to ride this this day and I'm going to yeah. ride this. And I, I kind of get a feel closer to, you know, it's not going to make or break whether I'm going to do it or not. Yeah. Um, so as I know, I start getting closer to the event. I have a little bit more time to invest in you know, figuring out my uh, start and stop points for the day, my, my segments that I'm going to do that day uh, or, that, or, you know, for, for to get through it. Because, you know, ultimately I want to say I want to finish this in so many days. Yeah, so what's, you, what's your break. goal? Uh, seven days. Seven. If I, if I do the 1,000K, it'll be, it'll hopefully, um, you know, I say seven days very loosely, but as I get closer and figure out more, I probably push more for around five or six days. Yeah. I wanted to do the Epic in seven days uh, or less than seven days. And I had, I had not had some mechanical issues and blood issues just based on, you know, averaging 150 kilometers a day, I would have done it. Yeah. Um, or, you know, 170 a day, I would have done it. Um, so I was, I came in at seven days, 19 hours or something, but I was really happy with that. I was like, you know what, for your first one, I was super happy. Yeah. And you finished your first one. That's fantastic. I finished my first one. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so I go in it with a mindset of this is beautiful country. I get to visit. I get yeah. to cycle it. Somebody's already set the course. I totally respect that it's a race, but, um, you know, I, I feel that if I just uh, had longer days and uh, was a little bit more focused on getting in the distance every day, that I could I could complete it in probably five to six days. Yeah, I remember yeah, after. I'd be just super happy with. Yeah, well, you will. I'm sure you will. Um, I remember talking to Leonard about that after I would scratched on the on the AR. I was just saying, like, yeah, I just I really enjoy it, but I I don't know if I I'm I'm much of a racer. Right. And then right. he had said, yeah, you know, I kind of think about, you know, when he goes and rides it in whatever, two, two days and <laughs> whatever, two or three days, which right. is super fast. It's like, yeah, I think about something like a lot of the views I'm missing and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and whatnot. I think about that because, you know, you spent hours, like I remember people saying, oh, did you, do you remember this beautiful view from this spot? And it's like, yeah, it was, it was two in the morning when I went through there. I don't, I don't remember right. any of that. And I, I, I right. miss, you miss a lot. Yes. Yeah. And, um, and it's breathtaking. Oh that, yeah. That route is beautiful. Yeah. yeah I didn't, mm-hmm. I saw the, all the trestles and stuff, but uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to doing the AR this year. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm really Good. And you're doing the that. epic, you said as well. Yes, I've I've booked the time off. Okay. So I think I got the time off. It's just dealing with family logistics, like childcare yes. and and whatnot. Yes. It can be kind of yeah. difficult, but uh, I'm really excited to do the epic again for sure. And uh, yeah, and we have, AR, we have a ride already, so we've got a got a bus going out. I think it's gonna be me. The AR seven hundred. When is that? It's later in the. It's August. That August. Yeah. yeah so mid autumn fifteenth, I think, or something. Right. I may, um, depending on how the AR seven or the AR seven hundred the. Um, BT 700 goes, I may look at that because um, my boyfriend, Mike is uh, he's doing the PCT. So he's going to be gone from May till the end of September. So I'm going, well, maybe in August, because I know that one is in August. So that fits out really well, except it's a real challenge. Like that one, uh, the AR 700, it's pretty technical, isn't it? I don't know anything about it. I I know I really don't. I don't. Okay. Um, um, it's, it seems to be all these, all these, all these tracks all seem to have 30,000 feet of climbing in it. You know, it always, it always <laughs> seems to be like it's a thousand K or like even the, the lost elephants, like 500 K and like 11,000 meters of climbing. And then like, right. you know, the, the BC Epic is like a thousand and, and, you know, 1100 kind of thing yeah. or, um, 11,000. 11, yeah, yeah. So it, 11, it, uh, it's funny, but I think it's about the same. I think it might be a little steeper, like a little higher, like, right. you know, 30 some, I can look it up on the computer right now, but I won't. But, um, yeah, I guess I'm in the same as you in, in a way, like the, the lost elephant really threw me for a loop because I, you know, you look at the track and, uh, I, 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 I that and I, you know, I, I knew the route and I know the area somewhat well. So right. I, I didn't go in with a lot of fear in that respect, but but that changed when I got out there and realized how remote it was and how uh, I walked a lot, man. Like I just walked right. and walked. That's okay. You're still walked. moving forward. <laughs> and that's the thing. And that's, that goes yeah. back to like knowing how to push your bike, knowing how to mm-hmm. push your bike up super steep hills. Like that's part of the mm-hmm. game as part of the fitness yeah. game. But um, the AR, I imagine will be the same. I, I just imagine it's going to be the same. It's going to be long and it's going to be arduous. And it's going to be steep and it's going to be crazy. And yeah, it's awesome. It's a challenge. I, I can't wait. It's a challenge. Yeah, I just can't. This wait. is why I do strength training now because I really should <laughs> to prepare for the epic. I had to get, I had to get some upper body strength. Yeah, and my coach is just fantastic, and yeah. just knowing that I had to carry my bike over things, I I wanted to make sure that my shoulders could take it. And I'm finding that now that I'm getting a bit older, I find my joints aren't strong anymore. You know, like right. the the muscles that are supporting, and and totally, it's like from the waist down. I'm so strong from the waist down. For sure, it's for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I have, you know, like just my arms are kind of tiny. I feel like a T-Rex. I've got big legs and tiny arms, right? <laughs> Not tiny arms. True, but... A true cyclist. Yeah, right? <laughs> and uh, I just find like even, you know, I'm a shipper receiver, so I'm picking stuff up and I still feel pretty strong. But when I pick up things that are heavy, right. it's just like, oh, my shoulder joints kind of hurt a little bit. And yeah, I... I, I should just right. get a get a kettlebell or a couple of kettlebells and just start I'm, lifting, right? Totally. Just yeah. and that's what I always uh, you know people say you know talk about working out and it's it's just become a fabric of my life right now, um, and I really enjoy it because it keeps me accountable, um, and it's different than being on the bike all the time. But I always tell people just you know just get out and do it. But you have to have a plan. Like write write your plan out on, on in a journal and keep a journal and. I'm huge about keeping journals anyways. Um, just keep a journal so that you have a focus and then you don't have to think about it and you just go and do it. But you, you know, my coach just, she just sets out a plan. I, I still have to do all the work. Like I have to do it. 
Um, she just, uh, she sets out the plan for me and I follow it. Um, but it's easy enough if you just go, okay, these are my focal points and I need to get some upper body strength going. What does that, what does that look like? What are you, what are you doing to strengthen upper body? Uh, doing, um, I have, uh, I have a little gym in my basement, so I don't actually have to go out to the gym, which is nice. Um, I just do a lot of shoulder presses and bicep curls and a lot with the kettlebell. Um, but just a lot of shoulder work. I'm, I'm working on, uh, doing, um, a pull up. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that's hard man it's ridiculous I'm, I'm good for maybe two I, I think I've been working it was funny because the other day I'm like I'm gonna go try it so I do it assisted I have a pull-up bar and I do it assisted with a strap okay um, so that you know uh, gives me some uh, some momentum to get back up onto that bar but the other day I went yeah I'm just gonna jump up there and just see if with if I could you know push myself off the ground and pull myself up and I actually was able to do a pull-up nice but you know, I'm not 90 pounds anymore. It's not grade seven. <laughs> yeah, I go to the go to the park with the kids, and and uh, you see the older kids there, and they're, they're doing the the hand over hand monkey bar thing. Oh yeah, or whatever. And it's like I go to try that, and it feels like my 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 chest is going to explode. Like it just feels okay. like oh, I can't. My bones yeah, can't even support just, my weight. There's a big sack of potatoes just, trying just, to do it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. What's the other one? There's one park that has this big ring. It's like. It's like, imagine it looks like kind of like an umbrella and it's on a tilt, right? So, so you can run at it and you can jump on it and then it'll like, you'll kind of like, and it's, it's super big. So yeah, last summer I I practiced that, (laughs) practiced doing that to, to try to get stronger. Kids parks are pretty awesome actually for stuff. Oh, I know. Just go and the kids can play and you can do pull-ups or whatever. Okay, I, I'm going to start trying to do more. Yeah, laying there with the wind stuff. knocked out of you. I just yeah. fell off the bar. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All the other dads are on their phones on the bench. It's like, what's this guy doing? What a tool. <laughs> yeah, hanging out with the yeah. kids. Doing my workout. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I just, it, it, yeah, it keeps me focused. And I just kept telling myself, you know, it's 530 in the morning and I'm out down there doing this. And you just tell yourself, well, this is going to get me through it. This is going to get me through it. Yeah. And it definitely helps. It doesn't sure. take a lot of time, right? Like, what, you, what 30 minutes? Yeah, maybe? absolutely. You know, you I, I think you you figure out how much time you have. Like, uh, there's some, um, you know, we, we have a tight-knit little uh, family village of cyclists here. And yeah, cool. We all, we all use the same coach, Pepper Halton. And, uh, you know, she will design a plan. If you say, all I have, I have, you know, I have kids, I have a full-time job, I, I want to do this, but I have this window of opportunity and she'll, she'll sort it out for that window. So you say, yeah, I got 20 minutes. I'll do that, you know, twice a week. I pretty much do my strength twice a week. Okay. And then I ride, I'm on my bike, you know, now, now I'm on my bike every day of the week because I'm in this 366-day challenge. Oh, you're doing the challenge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Does that have to be outside or you can do your trainer, ride your trainer inside? You can ride, yeah. I, I have uh, my cross bike set up, which is set up now in single speed because I have I went and did single speed in Utah, the yeah. world uh, championship. And When did you do that? My, pardon me? When did you do that? I did that in November, That's around awesome. uh, November 22nd. I went to Utah. Was it the uh, Worlds? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I did that in Alaska in 2014. 
Oh, did you? Yeah, I went up to Anchorage yeah, for done, the Worlds. Done Victoria, and oh, isn't that just that's a, just a shit show? It's so a much fun. Shit show party, man! It was crazy. <laughs> I I I don't think I've drank alcohol since then. <laughs> I haven't. <laughs> you know what? That's funny because uh, the fireball and all the oh. other uh, tomfoolery that went on there. I uh, came bananas. back and. I I was uh, I went okay I'm done we're good. Yeah. What I loved about that event was uh, the guy who put it on. He was he's I can't remember his name. It seems like forever ago. But uh, my buddy Jordy and went uh, Jordy went he and he it was his 40th birthday. So he's like he really wanted to go up and do that. So he just got an Airbnb and and I remember the the organizer saying I don't care how fucking fast you are you're not gonna win. You're not going to win this race. You just, the fastest people are not going to win. And he didn't, he didn't say anything else, but you had to, to, to even be eligible to win. You had to go, okay, you need to do this task. Or, uh, it was like the night before the race. The the feats of strength. Yeah. And it was like, you know, uh, that was during the race, but you had to like, so you give, you get a, um, a dog tag and then you'd go around and, and you'd get certain tasks so like like throw a boulder in a bucket it could be just that or okay you can either throw the boulder in the bucket or you can do three shots of vodka it's like "Mm, okay i'll do the three (laughs) shots bah 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 and then you go and then you go and race again right and you hit it and there's people in like i wore a wedding dress right yes the costumes are yeah wedding dress Uh there was a guy that had like a like a like a sex doll strapped to his back like one of those Uh blow-up dolls and yeah um I don't know if I should tell this story. Actually, one of the funniest <laughs> stories. It's it's a bit it's a bit dirty. I'll put an explicit tag on this. Okay. But so 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 one of the tasks was you had to stay till closing at this uh, bar, the Carousel, I believe, in Anchorage, and it was so much fun. It no other place where you could put hundreds and hundreds of people in a room and not have anything happen. There were no fights. No, you know, no. there was, and yeah. there was a, there a couple metal bands playing. The music was bananas. I was in my, <laughs> I remember I was in my underwear. It was, it was crazy. It was just crazy. And, um, yeah, that sounds like single speed world. <laughs> right. And I, I just remember, I remember moshing kind of in the middle and, and this isn't the story I wanted to tell actually. And then some, 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 some woman, this girl, she got a hold of my, my underwear. I was wearing socks. So this might be a good oh, advertisement yeah. for socks so, underwear. Yeah. She yeah. Grabbed, real nice one. She grabbed the front of my underwear, the strap, and she yanked me. She was trying to rip my undies off. She's trying to rip them completely <laughs> off my body, but they held up. And I was just like, she was whipping me around. It was crazy. But the task, so the task was, uh, it was uh, the teams would line up. So, so the teams who were vying to host the next year's thing was like us in Vermeer. There was Japan. There was, um, um, I think Australia, um, Japan ended up winning, but um, they had, they had a couple bikes, fat back bikes up on the stage and on, on each of the bikes on the, on the stem, they had a, a piece of plumbing, like a, like a okay. pipe. Yeah. And, um, is, is explicit kind of so then and there's a little tuft tuft of, of hair on top of this okay so yeah. you know when you ride single speed and you get into a really big climb you you like you have to row the boat you know you're like you're oh like yeah, yeah, yeah 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 it's yeah, like yeah. you're just basically yeah. rowing your bike yeah, up the hill yeah. jumping jumping that front bike up yeah, yeah so so then uh kevin our team member uh who is well, from vancouver a friend of Jordy's, he came with us as well so kevin got up there and he was completely liquored like we were all just hammered right he had to put a strap on on so he had to put a strap on and it had like you know a a very healthy 
man-sized member <laughs> member on that. So he had to pedal while simultaneously um, fully to. fully inserting the member yeah. into the tube, and then you had to come all the way out. And so to watch that go down was the funniest thing. Oh A bunch of drunk. God. And the, and the girls were up there going go go go, everyone's just cheering these guys on. And and Japan yeah. kept kept getting uh, getting slapped because they kept having to use they they were using their hand, right? <laughs> like reaching down, it's like no tsh, no touching, no, yeah, no touching. And he kept like slapping <laughs> the Japanese guys' hands. Slapped with like a whip or something. Oh my know? god, it was just it's, so funny. And, it is. And then it was like two in the morning, and the organizers like, okay, I'm gonna roll some dice here, or no, I'm gonna flip a coin heads. We, we sleep it off and race tomorrow. Tails, we go ride right now. And it was like two in the morning. I think it was a joke. I don't think they had really intended to ride in the middle of the night because that would right. be hundreds of people, right? But anyway, we ended up racing the next day, but what a blast. And then and then we, we met some locals and then the locals say, hey, we're going to single speed up uh, Lost Lake, which is like up uh, between, I can't remember the town, towards Seward. So we okay. ended up riding our bikes into the Alpine in this the most beautiful, spectacular, oh, wow. wonderful trail. Like it was, it was definitely uh, such so memorable. Tell me about Utah. What was the Utah experience like? Oh my goodness! So this is Bible Belt country, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. No one got drunk because the booze only has what one percent. Oh, of it? it was. Uh, <laughs> it was. It was crazy. It was just ridiculous. You know, you're out there with your tutu. I have a. Well, our our bike uh, our bike group here. We have um, skin suits. Yeah. And we call it sausage casing racing. <laughs> sausage. Because <laughs> we all look like stuffed sausages. Well, not all of us. Some of us look. Uh, some of them look pretty good. But um, yeah, we call it our sausage casing racing and oh, so, so we had funny. the t2s and we got our drinking vests and uh yeah you know um you had your feats of strength so you had dildo ball going and you had to play and we were in a school ground and it's a friday <laughs> so and wrong we're getting, yeah we're playing t-ball with these big dildos oh my gosh it was ridiculous oh it was gosh. it was a lot of fun that's awesome yeah so my my bike uh basically still covered with uh um, slime from the uh, jello pit <laughs> <laughs> and the hangers bent so now i've been training on a single speed that's in the uh, highest gear that's awesome um, that's great yeah training. so it and it's really quite smooth the way it's set up so i'm yeah. like yeah i'm just gonna keep it like this and, would you ever uh, bike just, pack with a single speed would you ever do that oof, uh, i don't know yeah. i like i like having some gears yeah i'm um, on the fence about the epic i'm like yeah uh, I, I, i'm on the that's fence a, that's a whole other level of of uh of work well i ride trail <laughs> all the time single speed so i'm very you? accustomed to that yeah like yeah. i don't if i'm not on my okay. bike packing rig I ride trail single speed in the summer. That's what I ride. And, uh, and it, yeah. And Dean Anderson actually gave me his ratios. So I was looking at the ratios and I actually have the ratio here. I can match that ratio. Okay. And I'm like, Hmm. Yeah. Curious what that ratio is. It's is about he running a 30 on the front. It's or? about, uh, if, if you calculate it, it's one, it's about one to 1. 1.8. Okay. Cause yeah. it's usually one to two, right? Well, two to one is, um, right. so if you, if two you had a, a 26 inch wheel, you'd go, Oh, you're getting the pen out. You're going to write it down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so inside I, secret. Yeah, I, I, when I around here, I'm running like one to one point seven. It's pretty tall. Okay. But we're, I mean, where I ride, it's not super climby. But um, yeah. So like a like a thirty two sixteen would be two to one, right? Okay, or yeah. uh, or uh, yeah. So you, you just go from there, right? right so, but I, <clears throat> a thirty two sixteen on a twenty nine er, 
is a huge, you have to factor in the size of the, the, the wheel that you're pushing as well as part of the okay. mechanics of it. Right. So I usually run, um, like 32, eight, so 32, 16 on a 26 inch wheel, uh, 32, 18 on a 29 inch wheel. They're, they're pretty, okay. they're pretty close in terms of the okay. gear inches that you're gonna, you're gonna pull over. Right. And then, but on, on bike packing, I think you want to bump that up a couple, even a couple more teeth because you want to be able to, most of the climbs, you know, you're, you're going to walk them anyway, you kind of right. thing, like the really, really For punchy sure. ones. So when you're yeah. on the flats, you want to be able to go, like you want to not be spun out all the time. So I think it's a balance of, of that. So I, I don't yeah. know. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. It'd be a I lighter really, bike I, with narrower tires too, which would make it overall faster. Right. Like two inch tires I, rather than three inch tires. So yeah, I like the three inch cause I don't have suspension. Right. Yeah. Um, so, and I do like that. I actually went and bought a thud buster after the epic mm-hmm. <laughs> for high to glide. Fair I enough. mean, and see, that's a lot of weight. So I'm going, well, now I have a thud buster. What, what, what do I have to take off my bike? So I'm, I'm going to ah. try to sleep. I'm going to try to sleep in a bivy this summer yeah. and see how that works out for me just in the backyard. Yeah. I'm going to borrow one, see how I like it. Cause if I can get rid of my tent. Wow. Yeah. Can I make a recommendation? Sure. Those SOL escape bivvies are friggin' awesome. Oh, the SOL. Yeah. Okay. They're cheap. They're like 50 bucks, I think. Right. I'm and, and, um, it fits me like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of thicker and it fits me. Right. Okay. And, and generally with, if on a race anyway, I don't bring a quilt, I'll just bring like I have my puffy jacket. I want to get puffy pants, but usually I just wear yes. wool, wool socks, yeah. merino legs, my shorts, and then merino top and my puffy and a, and a beanie. I, I can just slide into that body bag and it's fine. I slept up at Shoot Lake and I think it got down to, I think it was like three degrees or two degrees overnight. And I was fine. I slept fine in that. Right. But I, I, and it breathes. I had no moisture inside that bag. And, uh, okay, because that's the thing. I'm like, you know, we, is it like a sauna in there at uh, this, in the morning where you're just yeah? This wasn't, you know? and I'm a hot uh, sleeper, wet sleeper, for lack of a better word. Like, <laughs> you know, I, I would get very hot and sweaty. Like, I have this other hooped bivy that I got from uh, AquaQuest. Um, so it's like a bivy tent. It's got a hoop, and uh, I can't stay in that thing for more than a half an hour or an hour and I wake up and it's wet. It's just dripping on the inside. I think it's just not vented very well, but I really like that SOL escape bivy and it just, it just crunches down. Mm -hmm. And then if you think it's going to be cold, I also have the uh, emergency bivy, which is basically just a big foil bag, right? Like emergency blanket bag. And just those two things together, super, super warm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the breathability is huge. If I can get, if I can get rid of, you know, work with maybe a quilt, cause I always like to have something over me, mm. which is just a comfort thing. Mm. Um, and, and a bivy. And if I can get rid of my tent yeah, and, uh, the big sleeping bag that I have, yeah. it is rock and roll. Like yeah. now, now I can have a thud buster. <laughs> right. And it's sacrifice, right? It's like you're yeah. sacrificing not having a full on shelter. And that's just, that's just the, you know, the pack your fears thing. Right. It's like if I was if I was going to go for an overnight or a couple day overnighters, yeah, I'd bring my tarp and my stakes and stuff like that. I, I would bring all that. Yeah. Um, but um, for for the and I, I I kind of often would think like, okay, if I'm riding, it's the middle of the night and it's pouring rain. Well, I'm not going to sleep. I'm just going right. to keep going until it stops right. raining. And if it doesn't, then I'll just find shelter somewhere else. So I have this huge sleep system with you. Yeah, kind of. And it just yeah. it saves so much bulk. And then that's bulk where you could. You know, you you mean have a you can have a rain jacket and rain pants. I mean, that's your tent. 
So yes. if you had to take a nap, you could just like, you know, ball up underneath a tree or something in your rain gear. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and maybe yeah. put the bivy over top of that and you'd be, you'd be fine. But yeah, it's not, doesn't sound very deluxe, like a nice one person tent. Right? <laughs> yeah. I like, I like, the, I like the little one person tent that I have yeah. the MSR one, but uh, it's, it's just a weight thing. And it's yeah. also taking up space in my bags. It's another reason why I'm not doing the, um, you know, the uh, padded shorts anymore. I don't want to, deal with that anymore i don't like the space that they take i don't like what they did to my bum <laughs> yeah i'm a convert on that we didn't, haven't talked about yep. that yet but the yeah the cell anatomica i just yes it's just i remember the first time i wrote it and i sat down on it it was like you know that feeling after a long day of work you sit in the most comfy chair in your house it's like uh when i mm-hmm. sat on that it was like oh damn this is comfy yeah. it's huge it, isn't it there's a bit of yeah. break in right like the pressure points yeah. are a bit different but um yeah, I never on on the lost elephant, mind you, there was a lot of walking, but that was the first kind of race I did with that saddle, and it was just a joy to sit in. It was fine, mm-hmm. totally fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you have no, to really, that's what that's what I ride with as well. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And I find you have to really rocker them up. I had to really rocker mine up, kind of nose right. high to get kind of get yep. your get your butt in the your in the butt right to spot. Sit in there, right? Yeah, and it is like a quote unquote saddle. Yeah. It's like you're you're yeah. kind of sitting in a hammock and uh, yeah. And I know a lot of guys were like, yeah, it looks kind of uncomfortable with the junk, you know, that we have. And I find it, it's fine. Yeah, it's totally fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah you just maintain it. Just, you know, keep it. Uh, I have some saddle soap for it. And yeah. I just make sure that it's tightened up. And, yeah. And merino um, wool undies, like just, you know, which which weigh nothing, right? So I can, you right. know, the size of my fist, I can. And they're ch- easy to clean if yeah. you have to clean them. Yeah. Whereas, you know, you if you get bike shorts um you're dealing with those a wet chamois if you yeah. have to wash it and just, oh, forget it and i find too in the merino wool you can you can feel the salts building up like you can feel the abrasion begin right so you're like you're riding okay. you're like oh ah, it's getting kind of like hot down there and yeah. you could like change it or you could just go to a creek change to your your second pair you know yep. just just wringing yep. the other ones out in a creek right and they and just they dry so quickly yeah, and they dry so fast and right. uh yeah, I, I'm I'm done with the chamois. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, totally. me too. So me done too. with it. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Who 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 won the the single speeds in Utah? How was it de- determined? Like by time or? Oh yeah, it was. Uh, you know, whoever came across the finish line first. Right. Um, I I can't. Re- it was. Oh, she was a, a fabulous <laughs> rider, but you know, she is. A, she's a cross champion awesome um very tall very lean yeah. uh the male rider you know they were just strong but you know these these riders were not jumping into the jello pit and wrestling and doing Serious. shots and yeah. yeah they were they were racing it because yeah. they wanted to have the tattoo right yeah for sure um yeah so i go there and it's just more of a yeah just more of a fun yeah. event yeah, yeah super fun with in alaska it was determined by a derby so at the end we were up at the uh, I can't remember what this place is called, but I think it was like a, the community center. It's kind okay. of outside of town and there's this huge soccer field. And it's like, okay, everybody grab any bike, but your own and go down to the field. <laughs> yeah, so I just yeah, kind of ran yeah. around. It's like, okay. And I picked up this bike and I didn't realize it, but it was probably the only bike out of like 300 bikes that had gears that had friggin' grip shift on it. So I pick it up and I go down and, and then it's like, okay, all, all, all the men, you know, kind of over here, all, and, and the women went next or first, I can't remember, but just everyone who wasn't going in the Derby made a big circle. And, yeah. and we, 
and you just ride around a circle and then it's like they they shrink the circle and shrink the circle oh, and, yes, shrink, yes, and, yes. and the jostling and the the shouldering yes. and the elbows can't and put stuff. Your foot down. can't put your foot down and yeah. you know I'm, I'm pretty good i'm a good track stander and hopper but that freaking right. thing with gears man just totally screwed me up <laughs> i got i think it was my buddy jordy and i were in there till about like there might have been 15 or 20 people left and you know i'm a right. tattoo guy i'm like oh i want the tattoo so bad i wanted it so bad <laughs> So in that case, yeah, the the person who who was the fastest on that that route, it was like a big uh, uh, clover. So it was like you okay. do a, a leaf of the clover, and then you do your tasks, and you had to do this crazy punchy climb. Oh, then you had to ring this big gong, it. go bong, and then you do the next part of the clover, bong, and you come so back again. So much fun it on a bike. A it makes it makes you feel like you are twelve. Yeah, like, absolutely. It's just- Except for the drinking part, exactly. but, <laughs> but you're just you're just having so much fun with yeah. friends. It's just yeah, and I've yeah, never it's, ridden it's like such bef- a childish mentality. A couple, yeah, it. a couple of days before the race, there was um, a quote unquote race. There was you know some group rides, and I've never ridden in in a group of like there had to be forty single speeders, yeah. and yeah. you know just especially if they're experienced riders and most of the, most of those single speeders tend to be pretty experienced because it's not, yeah. it's not easy to ride a single speed. Right. So you think of like, you're in a group of 20 people and you're just ripping through the forest and everyone's on single speed. It's just so just awesome. So fun. Yeah. It's yeah, just, it's so, just fun. so fun. Yeah. yeah. And then meeting people from all over the U S and Canada, yeah. Yeah. Friggin Portland, Japan. Is, Portland is, I think Portland's <clears throat> huge for single speed. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I can't, the next one that comes close here, if I can get to it, I really want to get to another one. They're super fun. Right. Yeah. You would have been, it would have been good for you to go to Victoria. That was a lot of fun. Oh, too. Yeah. I just, yeah. it's hard. Anyway, you know, yeah. It's know. tough. Yeah. Once the kids, on. once the kids graduate, it's <laughs> 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 yeah. another, or 13 years or so <laughs> it'll go by quickly yeah, sure well it was really fun chatting with you today trish yeah you too um where can people find you online if they want to follow you or uh well i don't really do too much online um trishy trishy h11 i is instagram but you know i uh yeah i don't do a whole yeah. lot online i hear you you know facebook trish holt yeah yeah awesome well, yeah. I think you've got to go and do a workout, don't you? I am actually, yeah, I'm doing a long ride today. I'm oh, going good. and doing the bulk barn run. So that's going to be a four-hour round trip to Leduc on the back roads awesome. on the fat bike. On a fat bike? Cool. How yeah, are the conditions out there? Have, well, uh, it looks nice out now. We had just had a little skiff of snow, but uh, I think the wind is coming up to around 50 kilometers an hour, the wind gusts. So I have to get out there and be back before... That happens because I believe it's coming from the northwest, which would be a headwind on the way back with right. my loaded bulk barn bags. That probably kind of chilly too, <laughs> chilly, damp headwind. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's okay. It is what it is. I'm used to that. Awesome. We'll have a good ride yeah. today. Thank you. It was great to talk Thanks. to you. Yeah, you as well. Yeah, you as well. It's well, always fun. We always have a lot to talk about. Yeah, we do. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> so much more too. Yeah. All right. Well, All have, right. have a good ride today. You too. Okay. And enjoy your day. Thanks. Thanks, Steve. Bye. Take care. I want to thank Trish again for her time and thank all of you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. If you want to reach out to me, you can do so. You can send me an email to myback40podcast at gmail.com. You can send feedback, guest suggestions, and voice memos. And don't forget, you can head on over to myback40.podcast 
org slash support to check out support options if you care to support me in my project. Um, if you do, you will be rewarded. Uh, right now, I've got some stickers and I've got some t-shirts. And in the future, I'm planning on getting some wicked flat brim hats embroidered as well as some hoodies. So depending on your support level, you will receive one of those fine, fine gifts from My Back 40. I want to thank Cycling 101 and Rebound Cycle for supporting me. By supporting me, you're supporting the My Back 40 podcast, and I really appreciate it. Also, don't forget about Cycling 101's uh, discount code, 101VIP20, if you want to save 20% off a consultation or a bike fit. Well, until next week, everyone, be kind, be courteous, uh, be patient, be well, and keep the rubber side down. Mm-hmm.